Hello out there. This is Pamela Fagan Hutchins and you've reached Wine, Women and Writing and I am excited to have you. This is the show where I like to talk to other authors about their um, their female characters, especially not to be a sexist. It's not that I don't like the male characters, but I'm fascinated by um, the women in books, where they came from, how we come up with them, how we portray them. And I'm going to apologize in advance. I live on the face of a beautiful mountain in Wyoming. The sun is shining and we've got people here rebuilding the deck and I can hear them. So I hope you can't, but just know that it's going to end up something beautiful. I do have to start with the obligatory. This is a copyrighted and solely on production of Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. All hail our Uber producer, Pam Stack. There you have it. If you want to find out more about past shows, if you want to see upcoming shows so that you can read along ahead of time with the books and be ready to think of your own questions for the authors, you can see them at my website, PamelaFaganHutchins.com. You can also see my books out there or my newest release. I think it still counts as a new release, Snaggletooth number five in the Patrick Flint series. Um, would not hurt my feelings at all if you chose something to read from either from the show page or my books or both. But I've got something today for you that I think you're going to really enjoy. And that is the guest over here beside me that I'm having Lisa Reagan on today. We're going to talk about Hush Little Girl, her newest release, maybe about Boston Terriers. So <laughs> welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here. Well, I sure do appreciate it. Um, I have been for many years on Facebook, uh, not Facebook, on Amazon. I'll be you know, looking at my also bots and thinking, these are the people that I need to read. You're one of them that I see there regularly. And I'm always like, I've got to talk to this woman. Then I went out and read your bio and saw that you had a Boston Terrier named Mr. Phillip and honey, I was done. <laughs> just, I'm yours. <laughs> so first love your, um, your books, your dog, your, your family, which comes first with a Boston Terrier, man, they're pretty awesome. It's really close. I think my family would tell you really close between them and the Boston Terrier. <laughs> <laughs> so does your snore like mine? Oh, it's unbelievable. Uh, I would expect him to to roll in here any second and hop up on that chair and start snoring because he <laughs> loves to snore when I'm in an online class or on an online interview or panel or on a call. This is a regular Zoom call. Um, he loves to. That's when he does his best snoring for some reason. It's likely so loud. Begging for our attention. Notice everyone that is seeing this on video that she does have a Boston Terrier pillow behind oh, her. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, all dog love aside, and please, if he does come in, we must meet him. Everybody that watches my show knows Petey, my blind Boston Terrier. Um, but tell us about your newest release, um, Hush Little Girl from your Josie Quinn series. Yeah. So yeah. So it's called Hush, Little Girl. It's um, book eleven in the in the Detective Josie Quinn series, but it can be read as a standalone. Yes. Um, I try to make all of her books um, essentially standalone mysteries. I mean, it will mean more to you if you if you're interested in following the characters through the through the whole series. But you can absolutely pick up any one of them. Yeah. And um, and and you'll you'll be fine because all the mysteries are unrelated. So in this book, um, Josie is about to get married and she's at her wedding venue 
actually in her dress, um, <laughs> just hours away from the ceremony. They're starting to take some pictures in the bridal suite. And um, her, her team, and all of her team is there because they're, they're attending the wedding. Um, they get word that uh, a young girl has been found dead in front of the church where they're supposed to get married. So Josie being Josie, um, you know, her family kind of talks her into not rushing over there. And then she kind of can't help herself. She calls one of the other detectives who's, who's over there at the church. And, and it, while they're talking, Josie realizes that she knows or she knew the young girl. So then her and her would-be husband um, kind of rush over there to the church and then they get um, plunged into this investigation. Um, and, and it turns out that um, at the girl's home, there's a second body, which is the body of her mother. So, um, and they live in a, they lived in a really remote um, place in the woods and they were kind of a very secretive family. So the mystery is, is not only figuring out who killed them both, but what was going on in that remote home in the middle of the woods. It, I loved the visual, by the way, of her in her wedding dress, torn between love and duty and, and justice and everything else. And it lasted for several chapters and the dress was getting more and more, um, uh, you know, abuse as it went on, but it just seemed so perfect. So where, where'd you come up with a great visual like that for opening this story? Um, well, it was actually my, kind of my editor's idea because we were talking about how you know, obviously in the next, if you had read book 10, you would know that she got engaged. So the next logical step would be the wedding. And um, we were talking about more or less how to ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> how to ruin this wedding for Josie. Poor Josie, you would think you'd love her after 11 books, but you just lose her. No, the fans are so upset. They just want something to go right for her. But um, <laughs> she... So, so we were going back and forth talking about, you know, when, when exactly would um, the body be found? Would it be after the wedding? Would it be before the wedding, during the wedding? You know, that sort of thing. And, and uh, we kind of thought, well, wouldn't it be cool and, and fun, especially because you're writing fiction um, and just really Josie like for her to be stuck in her dress for part of the, part of the investigation. <laughs> well, it really worked. It, it grabbed me for sure. And I also loved the um, the mystery that was unfolding just about the identity of who the mom and, and her um, children were that were in this remote cabin, as well as about the murder itself. It's a, you guys, it's a great book. It's really um, exciting and very, very much a whodunit, very much a keep you guessing until the very end. Um, so, but let's take it back even further than this story. This is a long running character, 11 books now. When you started writing Josie, did you have any idea that you would be talking about the book 11 and, and probably plotting out the next couple if I had, if I had to guess, um, where'd she come from and, and how'd you first envision her? I had no idea. Honestly, I thought, um, we contracted for three books when I, when I came up with her and I had by that time was so um, used to failure. <laughs> I thought, Oh, this is, this will be nice. You know, I'll get three books out of, out of this and it'll be a nice little trilogy and then I'll have to move on because nobody's going to read these. Um, 
And I actually wrote the first three books. There's a pretty complete arc across the first three um, character wise. Um, you know, you can read them individually and you'd be fine. But like I said before, it, if you're following the characters over time, there's a pretty complete arc across those first three books. And they just, I mean, people just went crazy for them. I have no explanation for it. <laughs> I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Uh, never in my wildest dreams did I imagine I'd be on 11 books with, I think, nine more to go. Um, but what where she came from was when when I was pitching to my publisher, Book O'Chur, uh, we, we were talking about a detective series. And my editor said, I would really love for you to write a detective who is, um, you know, kind of brash and damaged, flawed, a little bit rogue, doesn't always follow the rules, but is, you know, always working for justice. And I said, I would love to do that, but I would really like it to be a woman. So I, it was kind of like, take that trope of the, of the like rogue alcoholic guy detective. <laughs> it's like yeah. a little bitter and jaded and, and, but make it a woman instead. Um, so that's, that's where Josie started. And from there, it was just a, a matter of what are going to be her demons and what are going to be her flaws and where did her damage come from? And what is the trauma that she's experienced that's brought her to this point? And she's experienced some significant trauma. I mean, it is, this is a straight up police procedure, police procedural detective series and yet it could get a spot on daytime tv just for what josie has been through you know what i mean it's like yeah. big traumatic events but she ends up by the time we get to this book 11 such a beautifully damaged character with so much juicy history to delve into it was really fun for me to um because i was a late arriver in this series you guys don't be like me um and uh and and totally agree with Lisa that you can read this as a standalone book because i was forced to now i have to go back and read the beginning ones to get the payoff but it was really fun to dig into how much damage there was there. Um, and do you have fun coming up with the ways that you're going to torture Josie with, with new? Because it seems like this might be fun. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. But I literally sit down before I write every book and say to myself, um, what can I Put her through now. <laughs> Can I put her this time? Get um, your little Josie voodoo doll out. Watch her squirm in this book. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, would you guys be friends in real life, or would she hate you for all of this? I wonder. <laughs> she would probably hate me if she knew it was me doing it to her. But um, I would love to be friends with her. She's so yeah. much um, braver and calmer and and cooler in a crisis than than I'll ever be. So. Did she like you in any ways or or did um, did she come out as your alter ego or did she come out um, as the opposite? Not the opposite. I think there's a lot of stuff we probably have in common, but um, she's like the, a, a, in a lot of ways, she's like the person that I wish I could be. Yeah. You know, she's really good at, at compartmentalizing it so that she can move forward. Um, and like, she always runs toward the danger without hesitation, uh, which is just, an, I scream for my husband. That's my strategy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now you also have a daughter. You've written this 
damaged tough cop and you've got this how old is your daughter is she 13 young? 13 and um and so do you do you think wow i'd love for my daughter to become a cop or a writer or oh now we have two more dogs we have the boston terrier now we have the five-month-old Alaskan Malamute and the oh. old Belgian Malamois. We are all present and accounted for. Ah, sorry. Um, but what do you what do you see in her personality? Which way do you think she'll lean? I think um, she's actually very, very creative. Um, and she's really good at, at uh, drawing and painting. And so I, I, my dream actually, I mean, she should do whatever she wants to do, but um, my dream is to do like a children's book or, or maybe like a, a teen YA fantasy series with her where she would get to illustrate it. Like she thinks I'm not cool enough yet for that. Well, but that's, that's why we have children is to learn how uncool we are. Right. I I mean, <laughs> hello. <laughs> Especially at 13 with girls. But how fun would that be to collaborate with one of your kids on something creative? It would be so fun. And she's really, um, really has a sense for, for good storytelling. Like she's always uh, reading things to me, like stories that she finds, or if she sees a show um, and she thinks that the writing is really good, she'll ask me to watch it with her. And, and she's always right. You know, she's really good at identifying that stuff. So that's super cool. Well, I'm trying my, one of my five kids it, it should have written more when, when he was about your daughter's age, wrote this fantasy um, book. And I was really, it really touched me that he was doing something to you know, basically try on mom's shoes. And then he took them right back off again. He's like, I don't think so. <laughs> but it was really cool while it lasted. Now I had another another son, my oldest, who's my stepson, um, who shares a bit uh, in common with you. I read in your bio, you went to Bloomsburg. I did, I did. Did you like it? I loved it. Oh, I loved it so much there. Yeah, and I would not be upset if my daughter went there. <laughs> How far away is it from where you guys are now? Um, it's probably about two hours. So nice. Mom can't stop in for dinner, you know, right. <laughs> necessarily. I guess you could if you're really determined, but you can still get home to do laundry on the weekends kind That's of thing. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, our oldest, we were from the Virgin Islands and he went to Bloomsburg his first year to play football and it lasted one year. And he went and took his, he took his um, whole self to Florida after that. He was like, oh no, that is the coldest place I've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a beautiful part of, of the country. Um, so with respect to the Josie Quinn series, you mentioned 20 as where, where you guys are seeing it um, play out. Where are you in writing it now? Are you working on number 12? Um, do you have the next few gelling? How's your process work? Um, I am. So I'm, I'm contracted for 20 and that's if people keep reading them. Yes. So if for some reason the readership were to fall off at, before we get to 20, then I would move on to something else. But um, it, you know, I'm really lucky to have the most incredible fans and readers in the world. I mean, they're so they're even more enthusiastic now in book 11 than than they've ever been, which is amazing. It was um, a great book. I mean, they should be. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So I've written. Um, I've, I'm finishing up 12, and then. My editor and I have this document that's a, always about three books ahead. 
yeah. uh, with, with ideas that we go back and forth with um, every time I finish one. And then we, we choose from, you know, the eight or nine ideas we've got uh, in that document, what, what we're going to do next. Yeah, that's fun. Um, when you think about Josie ending, do you think about the next protagonist and the next books? Are you just like, I'm fine where I am. I'm pushing those sexy ideas away and focusing on the goal. Or are you seduced by new ideas? <laughs> I'm fully um, right now, fully committed to Josie. I, I've tried to work on other things in terms of like, I've been in, invited to contribute sh short stories occasionally. Um, and every time I try to write something that's not Josie, I literally feel like I'm cheating. Um, and I type her name as I'm typing by accident. Um, so I, I'm fully, I don't, I mean, I have other ideas, but, but none of them feel as immediate or as fun as she yeah. is right now. So I'm like just fully in the moment, loving the series and, and I wanna write it as long as I can. I'm a fan of monogamy. I think it's great. <laughs> yeah, I think it's wonderful. Yeah. You know, it's funny, as you were talking about your experience with your first three books, when I was did my first um, three books in a mystery series, my editor convinced me that I should stop it at three with a complete character arc and move on. And here we are 12 years later. And guess what I'm writing? I'm finally diving back in and picking that up on number four. And so oh, wow. it's interesting to me that idea of I think I'm done, but now I have to figure out without losing that fulfilling sense I tried to give with those three books, how to progress this forward and keep it really interesting. So now you're my hero, Lisa. <laughs> Well, thank you. And I want to know where Mr. Philip is. Petey's only given us a few paltry snores. He's, he's <laughs> a competition. It's funny because my husband also snores, king of the CPAP now. But for years, it was a battle. They would have a slight snore to the death snore offs on either side of me. It's horrible. And I couldn't love either of them more, you know? Does, does Mr. Phillips sleep in your room? He does. He actually sleeps right between myself and my husband. There you go. <laughs> no, like probably everyone. We were like, we're not going to do that. Um, and we had his cage in the corner of our bedroom. And he was so sick as a puppy that we end up sleeping like in the recliner downstairs with him in our lap or, or I would like curl up next to his cage and, to make sure he was okay. And then finally it, we were just like, Oh, just bring him into the bed. <laughs> and can you sleep through those snores that, uh, I sleep right through them. Um, but my husband, it, they wake him up all the time. And my husband will be like, I can't believe you didn't hear him snoring last night. He woke me up three times. <laughs> like, no, not my baby. Um, so how old is Mr. Phillip? Is he a young dog still? He's five and he'll be six in October. Oh, so he's in, oh, there we went with the snore. He's in the prime of his life. That's fantastic. Yeah. Our PD is closing in on 11, which just gives us the Aww. terror. He's our second Boston Terrier in the house. And we have vowed never to be without a Boston Terrier again for yeah. as long as we live. They're yeah. just so much fun. <laughs> in fact, I wrote my first kid's book this last year starring one-eyed Boston Terrier. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it it was great. And my son's um, partner 
was the illustrator for the book. Oh, it's very nice. Fun. Labor of love, labor of love. Yeah. Um, so with respect to Josie, uh, and I just had someone comment on the post that they can hear Petey. I apologize, you guys. At least you can't hear the contractors and they're not cursing. Um, so with respect to Josie and the next book, this last one just came out um, two, or two months ago, two, three months ago. Actually, um, April... April 14th. Okay, so even more recent, a month ago. Yeah. Um, and I hope it's doing fantastic for you. The review yeah. is fabulous. When do you expect to gratify your, your great fan base with number 12? How fast yeah. are you, girl? August 12th, it will be out. So are you a two a year pacer on three? Josie? Three. Yeah. Three Josie, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, I love talking to an author that keeps a brisk pace because it's you talk to a lot of them that are one a year writers and I always think what do you do with the rest of your time <laughs> it's like oh my gosh I couldn't even imagine um and so for all of you out there that are looking to dive into Josie Quinn you can be like me and start with what's fresh and new and then go back but you could start with number one which I highly recommend and what's the name of the first one in the series Vanishing Girls. Vanishing Girls. So you're looking for Lisa Reagan, Vanishing Girls, or starting on Hush Little Girl. You can find out more about Lisa at her website, lisareagan.com, L-I-S-A-R-E-G-A-N.com. And is there anything that we didn't cover besides, of course, Boston Terriers and Josie that we should have before I start to bid the fine folks out there adieu? I don't believe so. Um, I'll just say that if you guys are on Facebook, if you uh, want to pop over to my Facebook page, even if you're not interested in my books, we do a lot of, of book giveaways over there. Not my books, not just my books, but um, any book that I come across that I think is really cool, I'll, I'll usually give away a copy. And um, I always try to keep readers informed as to what sales are going on. Not, not just my books, but again, any book that I think is awesome. So um, if you don't come for my books, at least come for the giveaways because we do have a lot of fun over there. That's pretty nice of you. And I find that readers are readers and that mm -hmm. even for a great author like uh, Lisa that keeps a good pace supplying your itch, that there's room there for more. So yeah. check out her Facebook um, page. And all of you guys, thanks for tuning in. I'm really blessed to have so many great people that watch and support this show and so many great authors that take a chance and come talk to me and the snoring dog beside me. Um, everybody, remember to go back out to the website. You can see see who I've got coming up next and you can um, prep by getting their book and reading ahead for the show. So you'll enjoy the conversation even more. Take care out there, everyone.